1: Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, I'm joined by our football editor, Mark Douglas, as we talk about the latest Newcastle United takeover statement, the fact that Castoria have been announced as official kit suppliers for the forthcoming season, and we have a very special giveaway as well, your chance to win your very own the Everything is Black and White podcast t-shirt. All the details about that coming up in the middle of the show. In the meantime, please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and tune into this episode of the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's been a busy week in the world of Newcastle United. Well, a busy 48 hours. I'm joined by a footballer, Mark Douglas. Mark, it's not a boring report on Newcastle United. The last 48 hours has certainly served up some talking points. We'll start with the only place we really can do is that takeover statement from Newcastle United, in which they Urged the Premier League to agree with them and to set up the arbitration so it can be heard in public, so we can all see what's going on and the evidence and what have you. What do you think this statement means for the prospect of a takeover? Well, I think
0: I think it, it's more of the same for Mike Ashley, really. You know, he uh, is desperate for this to be to be seen publicly because I think what he wants is pressure on the Premier League. He, you know, he, he sensed he, he believes that he's got a strong case. And he sensed some weakness in the Premier League. And, and I think I think the, the big message overarching all of this is that neither side um, of the, the buyers, so that's Mike Ashley, the consortium, uh, which obviously includes PIF, they want a compromise. They want the Premier League to effectively remove the need for the arbitration by coming to some sort of compromise on, on the, the points that aren't in agreement. And they've applied so much pressure to the Premier League over the last year To try and do that, I think this is another, this is another sort of tactic to try and do that, um, because it's almost implying there was a few kind of malevolent little bits in there of that statement saying, you know, you uh, mentioned the the European Super League, which I think is, you know, hasn't got anything to do with the takeover um, arbitration. It might have something to do with why the the original decision was, um, you know, so heavily in favour of the maintaining the status quo. but that, but that's Mike Ashley's belief. I think he is pushing at the door of there is a bigger, wider um, kind of collusion in 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 football, where the Premier League are working hand in glove with the uh, club, the, the clubs right at the top of the Premier League, and he wants all of that out in the open. He wants he wants this to be a cause that not just Newcastle fans are behind. He wants it to stuff to come out in the arbitration that. Um, gets other fans fans of other clubs outside the top six on board so you know it's a real pressure tactic um i don't believe that it will have any success in terms of getting uh getting um the the arbitration to be seen publicly um there is the risk that it sort of comes across as you know another um shot in the in the battle of this kind of never-ending takeover in Newcastle United against the Premier League. Um, you know, a few people have mentioned that it smacks of desperation. I don't know whether it smacks of de- desperation. For me, it very much is um, a man who's fed up with having to jump through all the legal the, the legal norms. You know, arbitration is pretty much always held confidentially. You know, it doesn't matter which case it that is, they're, they're always held confidentially. So, you know, it would be extremely bizarre for a case like this where... There is potential for embarrassment of the Premier League um, to be heard publicly, so it's another pressure play, um, yet another kind of warning shot to the Premier League that you know stuff could come out that could embarrass you. Um, and you know, it, it, for me, it's it's consistent with Mike Ashley's approach to this. Um, he's trying to rally the troops once more, and I think he's kind of been successful in that. Um, they're trying to create some form of unity around arbitration and some more pressure on the Premier League because I think that's the only thing that's the only weapon in their armory really it's you know they, they're clearly they're clearly warning the Premier League and almost the arbitration board that you know look there's a lot of people scrutinizing everything that's happening here um, and you know you need to get you need to make the right decision
1: I mean you would think it hasn't been done on a whim you know that he's employed the likes of Nick DeMarco so and Nick DeMarco retweeted the the statement as well. So it's, it's been cleverly planned and there will be an end goal and what you know we're not too sure what that is. I mean, the end goal is probably the, the takeoff going through, but this statement, there will definitely be a reason for it. Some people though, and I kind of share this uh, feeling, is that it's a bit of an ironic statement calling for transparency, calling for openness and communication when the last 13, 14 years of Mike Ashley and Newcastle United have been anything but.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know only Mike Ashley could could release a statement like this when his club has been, you know, pretty much the polar opposite of, of open and transparent, certainly over the last six or seven years. Um And, but you know, Mike Ashley's got that kind of brass neck, hasn't he? It's not, it, he's, he's sort of saying, well, transparency, he's, his, his point, I think, what he's hinting at is there is a wider, like I've said, a wider sort of collusion between the, the clubs right at the top and Um, be in sports and the Premier League to keep this takeover from happening because they fear that it's going to upset the norm. So his point is, that is a much bigger deal than you not getting told who we're going to sign or what's happening or not having a fans forum or or these kind of things, which is where he misunderstands Newcastle United totally, because actually, had you done those things, you think those things are nothing, you don't think they're important. if you had done those things over the last 13 years, you know, you probably wouldn't be at the position where you feel you desperately need to sell because you'd be on the Premier League gravy train, probably with a, you know, with with a club that was was functional and um, and all, and all those things. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely an irony to the statement. But but from Mike Ashley's perspective and from the point of view of quite a lot of Newcastle fans, it's like we've shelved that concern at the moment because we're all finally going in the same direction and we all want this takeover to happen. So Mike Ashley leaves and the consortium and the Saudi PIF. Take, take us over and take us on, and Mike Ashley's a thing of the past. Um, you know, I, th- I don't think there's a problem with pointing out both of things. Actually, agreeing totally with what Mike Ashley said, the Premier League. You know, we're criticising Newcastle United for lack of transparency. The Premier League, for me, have been absolutely dreadful. Um, another no comment. You know, obviously they're acting on legal advice not to say anything that could could harm their um, their their kind of argument and their legal um standing. But for me, um, you know, they owe it to the fans of one of their clubs to at least talk a little bit more openly about what's happened, even if it's just the process. I mean, last summer you couldn't even get the Premier League to talk about the dates things were happening, who was involved, process. You couldn't even get them to talk about the process. Now I think that's dreadfully poor. You know, what you see is some journalists who are you know have a little bit better contacts with the Premier League have got a better idea of where the Premier League's Point of view is, but it shouldn't just be down to somebody who's in the favour of the Premier League to be able to tell us why what's happened has happened. They should be communicating um, regularly with the NUST, in my opinion, and the club, um, and telling them what's happened. And then it should be felt with back the fans. Unfortunately, they've had one meeting with the NUST, and that, that's pretty much where it, where it
1: ended. Do you think Mike Ashley's statement was aimed at anyone in particular? Was it a kind of a, a sign to? especially like maybe the PIF, that I'm serious, you know, I know you've heard it, but I'm, this is another sign that I am serious and you're the only buyers for this football club.
0: Yes, I think I think there's definitely some of that. I think you have to view all of the statements through that prism, you know, the, 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 the thing that I think the two uh, parties who are jointly together at the moment, so that's Staveley Group, um, which comprises of obviously the Rubens um, and the Man Stavely and the and, and, um, PCP Capital Group, And Mike Ashley, the biggest thing I think they're petrified of is that Saudi PIF decide this is not worth the bother anymore. Um, Marseille are interested in, you know, being taken over. There's other clubs in Europe. I think there'd be be pretty much any club in Europe outside the Premier League would be desperate for the PIF to show, show as much interest in them as they have in Newcastle United. Now, so far, because I think this has been kept alive for the last year, there, there's no suggestion that they're going to walk away at all, although um, obviously they've withdrawn the bid, they've not walked away from the partnership. And I think they would be desperate for this bid to happen now, knowing the um, how much they would be pushing an open door in Newcastle from clear, like we've run several surveys, I think the NUST has run a survey, and it's, it's well over 95% every time that say they're in favour of this takeover, you know, we're in favour of this takeover. Um, you know, uh, the Chronicle has always sort of, said we, we 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 back the takeover so they know how much interest there is in it but it also you know to know that Mike Ashley publicly is still pressing for it sends a message to them as well and, and I think that's why they haven't walked away that's why they're not interested because if they felt that we'd all moved on from it I think they probably would have looked at other clubs because Newcastle's not the only fo- club in world football of course um, so I think there is definitely an element of that yeah I, I, and and I've always felt some of this Everything that's being done, you know, is being done with one eye a little bit on making sure the PIF don't walk away. Because if they walk away, there's no deal Um, because the other partners well, the Rubens have enough money to do it, but they don't want to do it on their own for whatever reason. And Amanda Stavely doesn't have the money to um, to broker the deal on our own. So um, and, you know, the PIF, are the ones who are talking about long term investment in the football club. So, yeah, I think it's that's really important.
1: We mentioned the NUST there just briefly. They released a, a lengthy statement in response to the statement released by Newcastle United on, on Thursday evening. And I, from my personal perspective, thought it was a really good statement. It sums up, I think, the situation. You know, you can agree with Mike Ashley and Newcastle United calling for more transparency from the Premier League, while at the same time, as you've mentioned, Mark, also call on Mike Ashley and Lee Charney to be more open with Newcastle United. Because at the end of the day, they could still be in charge of this football club in twelve months' time, and we'd still be in the same cycle of demanding um, a bit more transparency for them. And uh, I thought the the trust statement, which is on our website, you can find them on on Twitter as well, um, was absolutely excellent. And and especially the last couple of lines, um, which said those with positions of authority and power at both the Premier League and Newcastle United continue to fail Newcastle United supporters. We need them to do better. What was your <laughs> thoughts on the statement, Mark?
0: Yeah, really good statement. Um, like you said, I thought, that, I thought that the the payoff was the was the key, wasn't it? You know, the Newcastle fans do deserve better. Um, I think Mike Ashley knows that this is this is in some ways a bit of a smokescreen for what's actually happening with the football club. He's had another year of um, in my opinion, clubs being stagnant. You see other clubs. I mean, I think Newcastle now, now that the director of football is in at um Tottenham, they are there's only two clubs in the Premier League without. A director of football or somebody at that layer of management, Newcastle show no interest in investing in in anything off the field, and he's getting away with that because at the moment everybody knows that he wants to sell the club. Now, you could argue as, as probably a lot of people would that look, Mike Ashley's not the issue at the moment. We've got to get this takeover through, but there's nothing you can do to affect the takeover at the moment. You know, we've we've done the letter writing, we've done all of that, put pressure on the Premier League through um, through political pressure and now through legal pressure as well. We can hold Mike Ashley to account. We have held him to account for 13 years. So, you know, it, I, I don't, you know, I'm not suggesting that the biggest issue at the moment is, is Mike Ashley's um, lack of transparency because that's just an issue that's been there for a long time. But why can't Newcastle United talk to us about things that actually are happening with the football club? Why can't Steve Bruce talk about transfers, why can't we, you know, we've, we've had Castor today finally announced as the kit manufacturer but financials are still are going to be another month late probably. They only, there's one of only two clubs in the Premier League not to have published full financial accounts for last year. Um Palace have done it and they've only done one, one sheet but Newcastle, one of the only clubs Um, and it's, that's the way it is every year. Every summer there's there's just silence from the club at the end of every season, you know. There's no, um, there's no sort of regular engagement with fans, groups, they feel it feels like they're always quite far behind on recruitment and things like that, and that you know that is the responsibility of Mike Ashley. He's still the custodian of the football club, um, and you know you would think that there would be times where they would like to kind of engage and and talk about what what's going to happen with, with, with clubs, but it's a bit like when they had the season ticket situation last season. They just shut down. Nobody nobody said anything. Nobody everybody was scared of their own shadow to actually come out and say anything about. About refunds and it's it's just not not good enough, you know. Uh, but that's not new. Um, the part I do agree with is the Premier League need to do better, and I do agree that arbitration should be should be in public. Um, but it but it won't be, and that unfortunately is not is not peculiar to this case. It's just the way it is, which I think uh, does all fans the service. Look at what's happening with Derby at the moment in um, in the uh, in the EFL. It's absolutely disgrace.
1: Get back to Mark in just a moment, but it's competition time now. As mentioned right at the start of the show, we have a special t shirt to give away. It is a black t shirt, medium size only, with everything is black and white podcast logo embroidered on. I've got one, it fits really nice, it looks really nice, and we have one to give away now to be within a chance of winning that one and only t shirt. All you have to do is send your name and address to the following email address. It is the E-I-B-W podcast at reachplc.com. That's the E-I-B-W podcast at reachplc.com. And we'll pick a winner at random. Now the closing date for this competition is Friday the 9th of July and we'll contact the winner in the days after that we hope to have more sizes on sale as well as the Gibbs corner t-shirt as well so look out for details about that in due course now let's get back to the show a few questions that we'll dive into firstly this one um from Gnuntsman on twitter do you think ashley and the team had any expectation that the statement would produce any action
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think what they're trying to do is, um, like I said, pressure, and also to unify the fan base to try and get the fan base to um, to take the fight to the Premier League again and sort of write to their MP, do all these kind of things. And um, that's what that's what he hopes for. Um, But in terms of actually getting the Premier League to agree to to hold it publicly, I don't think that that's. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think it'll happen. Um, And I also don't think there's anybody that can force a private business this is arbitration is a you know it's not a it's not a legal binding it's not, you know it's not it's not something that um has any uh, legal obligation to to openness and in that case i just don't think you're going to get the premier league a, a agreeing to it so you know i think they knew that so i think it's a it's a yeah, very much a, a pressure tactic
1: Another question, the statement from Berrington 89. Is the statement from Mike Ashley positive or negative, in your opinion? Well, I think it's a
0: positive in some ways, because it shows, once again, that this is such a live issue. And this, you know, the takeover is there to be won. You know, I don't think, I think if they felt that their case was totally untenable, I think it would have been dropped by now. So much money has been spent on it. Mike Ashley is not a, he's become very rich by, um, by wasting money on things and you know i think he's he's there's been quite a lot of money spent on this so far and i think with the aim of the wider goal of newcastle being taken over and now as a supplementary thing that he's after as well is breaking the collusion in Eng- in english football i think he feels there is a very big story out there and a very big issue that needs to be uncovered which is that four or five clubs in the premier league run the premier league now that's his opinion you know obviously i I'm I'm duty bound to sort of say there's no you know at the moment we don't have the the hard and fast evidence to to say that but that's clearly where what Mike Ashley is implying when he said dark forces in English football the other week I mean it was clear you know that I mean that was an explosive thing to say about the people who run who run English football and the fact that he's trying to do the arbitration uh, sorry to try to do the competition case in public I think is again a clear feeling on his part that he has a really good case and that there are things that will embarrass premier league if they come into the um, the public domain so from that perspective i would say positive because it shows that he thinks his case is strong which we've been reporting through the through the um, whole, uh, whole whole process
1: so, so i mean we've got a question here from uh CLMA and i don't know how to pronounce that but there we go do you think this is the last throw of the dice from like Ashley knowing he might lose arbitration i guess with what you've just said mark you're probably not at that point. No,
0: I, I don't think we're at that stage. And I think you've caught you've obviously got the competitions uh, case that comes if they do lose arbitration. So that's why I kind of hinted at in previous podcasts that this is, you know, this is a potentially long game. Even if they lose arbitration, that could still competition case could still um, have a have a bearing afterwards. And you know, I, I've seen people who know a little bit more about this than me um, saying that you know that that could be that 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 could have very wide-ranging ramifications as well. So, I think we're in it for the long haul. I think even if he doesn't win arbitration, I think this will continue. Um, and we could be looking at, you know, another year. Um, we could be looking at going into 2022 if arbitration doesn't come
1: off. Yeah, Darren Lee yeah. Wells on YouTube asks, do you think the family got something to hide with them not wanting to go public or even just commenting with them dragging their heels again?
0: Well, it's difficult to, you know, I, I, I it's very difficult for me to say, and obviously, you know, legally it's, I would never say that there's any wrongdoing that's been proven. Um, because because it hasn't, you know, at the point at this point, there's nothing there's nothing concrete to say that anyone's done anything wrong. We will find out about that through arbitration. Um, and then the competitions case, that's Mike Ashley clearly believes that something has been done wrong and that they are hiding something because he wants it out in the public. So, you know, from my perspective, without having seen all the facts of the case and without having seen the evidence, which is kind of Mike Ashley's point here, you know, get it out in the in the open so that people can see. And see what we're talking about can see the emails or the phone calls or communications and I think you know to be absolutely fair to you Andrew you know you, I think your freedom of information request you know was a like, very valuable thing which I think ironically Mike Ashley's people and the uh, the court case the people the, the legal people around it were, would have been very interested in that because that was the first time we really saw any kind of correspondence to this deal from the Premier League, and um, you know, while again there was no smoking gun there, there was clearly you know a feeling in there that there was you know that, that they were there was maybe things going on and a kind of commun- flows of communication that we weren't aware of before, and that maybe informed us a little bit more than than before. So, if that's the case from a freedom of information request, you wonder what from full disclosure might come out, and I think that's the point that Mike Ashley is trying to make, and on that. You know, I don't think there's been too many things that I've agreed with Mike Ashley on in the last few years. On that, I think I totally agree with him. This should be publicly um, available information. I think the same is true of the European Super League stuff. Um, how much collusion was there between um, people in the game? Because I can't believe that the European Super League just a- appeared from five presidents or five owners saying, hmm, should we do this? It must have had some encouragement from some people in football i think there's there's um suggestions isn't there that, that boris johnson gave them some some um encouragement before they started there were suggestions i think that fifa were kind of on side with it a little bit more than they than they, than they were when the backlash came out so if that's the case and that's all been reported with the european civil league you wonder what has gone on in the background with this with this um clearly mike ashley is hinting or trying to lead us to believe Look, there's some really, really big revelations here that we believe should be should be uh, in the public domain. That's probably why the Premier League don't want it in there because they, they would say that look, there's context to this, or um, you know, our side of it's not going to be heard the same way. Um, we'll never know until until we see the cache of documents, which I suspect will never happen. I suspect all we will find out is um, generally what um, what what the decision is uh, arbitration.
1: A lot of people in the comments asking as we get asked all the time about right, a possible time scale um, and, and I guess that, that also links into the fact of getting on to Mike Ashley because if this goes on like you say Mark potentially could go on to into next year or the loser whatever then Newcastle are left with a playing squad that still needs investment, uh, you know facilities that still need improving so it, it all depends doesn't it, I mean even if they win the arbitration as well it's likely just to reset the owners and directors test rather than wave the over through isn't it so we've got all these elements playing along at the same time
0: yeah i mean if they win the arbitration it solves the issue of um separation of um influence between the uh the pif and saudi government um it probably then gets into things like um you know can you can you link any of the people named as directors to um, things like uh, piracy, uh, which I, which I don't think you know, the, the argument was always from consortium side that no single person who's going to be named as director has anything to do with any any piracy, and um, so you know you'd have to wonder whether there might be some more questions at that point. But um, but you know I, I think if this issue is solved, it would be then very difficult to block it. Um, not necessarily impossible and and we don't know where it goes from there. But it obviously makes it much more likely than it is at the moment because at the moment there's no um there's there's no way through the logjam. Um so you know, yeah, I think there's there's, there's bigger, wider issues here. Uh it's obviously not started yet. We're into this, it's only two days into July, but we knew it was July when um arbitration is going to happen. So um could be any time in July. There was no time scale mentioned in the um in the in the competitions case that was the only time we we found out that it was it was going to be in July so um we we're, we're um we're waiting as much as anybody we don't have an idea of the time scale, unfortunately all we know is that it hasn't started yet uh, we'll probably know when it hasn't started because we're, we can you can be told that um i wonder whether the statement yesterday was a reflection on you know there is the possibility that it could have been put back further and that's maybe where the frustration comes from um, and maybe that is something else. That, again, that they're arguing around um, openness and transparency. Whether this is something that, you know, again, they've, they've gone around, they've gone around the houses with legally talking about, you know, what's the obligation to to kind of disclose stuff. Um, but we just don't know. Unfortunately, you know, none of us are in that position where we can kind of disclose anything on that. It's probably only a very few number of people who do know that.
1: Final question then on takeover and arbitration, what have you? T- Darren again over there on YouTube and he asks, if Ashley fails, what happens next for the club? Do you think Ashley will try and make it go over for the first time in 14 years or do you think he'll do what he always do and just you know allow the team to be happy to, to just survive essentially in the Premier League?
0: I think he'll stay. I think he'll continue with his current approach to the club, which is keep itself self-financing, um, don't spend above and beyond what, what it is. So it will effectively be a race to kind of Survive every season and then look to build on top of that. You know, they, they felt that they were in a much better position to do that when, uh, around the second season of Rafa or third season of Rafa, sorry, when he left, um, they felt that they were suddenly in a position where they did have enough money to, um, to, to start investing in the team. Um, and obviously, then the pandemic hit and revenues were cut, and now we are where we are, and probably the budget's not quite as big as it, as it needs to be. Um, I think he'll still look to sell. There are other buyers out there who are interested, probably just not with the kind of the um, the, the sort of benefits to Ashley of, of PIF, which is one that he'll get. Uh, you know, big profit in a time when you know football clubs are probably below the top six, probably not probably not fetching the kind of money that Mike Ashley's is asking for. Um, but there are people who would take it off his hands tomorrow.
1: Just quickly then, um, Rafa Benitez, new Everton manager, a lot of people had hoped that once the takeover, if the takeover got passed through, Rafa would return, just your thoughts on on that Everton job, I mean I think it's it's a good opportunity for him, I know there's been a bit of a fallout from some Everton fans, the Liverpool connection obviously, but you know he's a decent manager and I think give him a project, it'll be quite interesting to see what happens and I think he'll do a decent enough job there.
0: Yeah, I mean I think so as well but you know obviously I'm a I'm I'm kind of a big fan of of Rafa Benitez and the way that he works. I am never a big fan of clubs appointing managers that are unpopular because I think it it makes it very difficult for them from the start. You know Rafa could have a great first season but if he has a bad start to the second season which obviously he did with Newcastle um you know he's going to be under pressure. He's never going to be more than about three or four games away from being under pressure unless he actually goes in there and wins something transforms them into a top five top six club then he buys himself some credit and probably you know but if next season doesn't start well he's going to be under pressure from from the start so i always wonder about about making appointments like the one that they've made but knowing benitez knowing how meticulous he is how hard working he is how um you know how much he puts into football clubs i think it will be um it it should be long-term you know, they should be in a better position than where they were when they left. You know, I had a chat with the, with some of the guys at the, at the Echo about this and said, you know, you've got to think the problem for Everton is they've gone from Carlo Ancelotti to Rafa Benitez. So Carlo Ancelotti for them was their Rafa Benitez. They couldn't believe that they got him. And then they've gone to somebody who they're not sure about. Whereas for Newcastle, when Rafa came in, it was Steve McLaren to Rafa Benitez. And it was like, I can't believe we've got Rafa... Um, here. So it's, it's a very different dynamic. To, to, and he's going to have to hit the ground running. He's not going to have the, the same um, the same sort of uh, you know momentum that he did at Newcastle. He's also got a director of football there who might not allow him to buy the players that he wants, which is obviously a problem he had at Newcastle as well. But when he did buy players at Newcastle, they were the ones that he'd scouted, the ones that he wanted. So it's a very different job than the Newcastle one. Um, bigger challenge, I think, as well than, than Newcastle, because he was never under the pressure that he here, that he will, would be there. He did get a free ride in, in a lot of ways. You know, he got, the team got relegated under him. And we know why, but they did get relegated under him. And he was absolved of all blame for that. You know, he's never really even mentioned as a reason why they went down, but he was manager at the time. Um, but I think he's a you know, I think he's a great manager and and, and I would sincerely hope that he that he does well next season, apart from when they're at St. James's Park and uh, when Newcastle are at Goodison Park.
1: Certainly, be the reaction, but yeah, I think the fact that he's going to have good owners who are quite ambitious as well—it's going to remove one of those security blankets that he had at Newcastle, where he could point the finger. Actually, rightly in the most part, but he's not going to get that chance uh, this, you know, this time around because they are ambitious and they do like signing players and spending money. On to the latest news, then, with uh, the kit manufacturer for Newcastle, Castore have confirmed it multi-year deal, whatever that means. Um I know you're not a big fan of that either, that, that term of phrase.
0: No, I just think, you know, I just think tell us how long it is because you know it it, it would help to know. I mean it's obviously I think it's a long term it's a long-term commitment from um, castor. Um you know they are clearly here for the for the long for the long haul, you know, at least I would think at least four or five years. I would think that that commitment is. I think I think the Wolves deal's three years, isn't it? So it'll be minimum three years um, and there'll be there'll be no break clauses in it for takeover or anything like that it's it it is a deal that Newcastle have got now and um, I've got to be honest I'm excited by it you know I think when it first broke Castor I was like you know who who are they you know I I didn't know much about them Um, did a bit of digging you know there was a bit of controversy at the start about Rangers and you know the shirt quality and stuff but now, when you see what they're starting to try and do at other clubs, and when you hear them talking about, you know, bespoke kits rather than just off the off the peg templates, I I think it's it's a good deal for Newcastle. I think, um, you know, they're a company that are clearly going to try and do some try and do things differently. I think Newcastle need that. But kits are massively important to football fans. You know, I, I'm a I, I love my uh, I love my kits, and they're they're really important. And I think how how Disappointing has it been that you know when you when you look at some of the international kits um, for the Euros, you know some of them are just. I mean they're all they're all kind of much of a muchness, aren't they? There's no there's not really any thought goes into some of the, some of them. You know, I, I used to love the kind of the England Umbro ones were, were really good. They're all very different. Um, this 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 England kit's okay, but a lot of them. I mean the Puma ones are pretty much the same kit just in different colours, um, and that is what unfortunately. Tended to happen with Newcastle. Look, they did do things differently once or twice. You know, they obviously brought back the um the green and um uh blue. I'm colorblind, so I don't know exactly what the color is green and uh, kind of, well, it was like a kind of a, a green and sort of darker green or whatever it is um kit the other week. Uh, the, sorry, the season. That was really, that was a really, really good kit. Then a lot of them have, you know, there didn't seem to be a hell of a lot of thought gone into them. Some of them look good, but there's no marketing around it sometimes, you know, they don't there's a little bit of like they announced it, they put some pictures out, here he is in the shops. What I'd like to see is a real, you know, a real connection, like a way of kind of doing things at Newcastle where you're gonna get the fans excited about it, you're gonna do a proper marketing campaign, and that's exactly what um Castle are gonna do. They know I think um how important um the launch of this first team kit is. It's, it it will set the tone. Or the entire, um, the entire kind of time that they're here, it's got to be right. The quality's got to be good. The um, the way the way it looks has got to be really good. And I think if they get it right, it will be like the first day of next season, or the second game of next season will be. You'll see kits through the you know through the stats I mean, imagine if the takeover goes through. It's like every everybody in Newcastle will be wearing the Newcastle United mm-hmm. Castor kit. You know what they're doing. You know they're not they're not um, they're not daft. Uh, but I, I, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. I'd love to see what they're going to do. Um, you know, I, I've always been a big fan of kind of Puma stuff in the past in terms of their sportswear, but I don't, you know, I, I think if you're one of the top clubs on there, you know, you're Man City, you're a kind of like an Arsenal with Adidas or Nike and stuff, you get really good kits. You get, you get their full attention. But Newcastle were in the next tier, and I feel like sometimes they got good kits, sometimes they didn't there wasn't ever really that connection between puma and newcastle that you had with adidas um because of the way that adidas had done things in 95 96 um hopefully you can get a bit of that connection back um not puma's fault really it's just the way the sportswear market is they had a lot of they have a lot of clubs in their in their uh, portfolio and newcastle weren't particularly big ones so they um according to them so they did it how they did it with castor it's like I think they see Newcastle as the biggest opportunity for them in the Premier League right now. Obviously, Rangers are a massive club. Wolves are, you know, I think Wolves are, are clearly a club that are going going places. They had opportunities to get a lot of other Premier League clubs, but they've they've gone for Newcastle. So um, yeah, I'm interested. I'm going to be really interested in what they do, and it's something quite, quite, um, you know, quite different that Newcastle are doing. And and that's all I can I ever want to see is Newcastle doing things differently and um, trying to trying to break the mold a little bit.
1: Most certainly. Uh, they said that the kits, well, the home kit, will be first end of July, start of August. So hopefully, just in time for the for the new season. Well, it'll have to be just in time for the new season. Hopefully on general sale then, and also opening a store up in the city centre as well, Monument Mile. So bringing jobs as well to the city, which is which is a great uh, a great thing to see as well. It's not just about the kits. A lot of people, the Mark, talking about the uh, the connection. I say that in inverted commas. Obviously, the Rubin brothers have just bought Monument Mile. Nothing but a coincidence there?
0: Yeah, I know nothing but a coincidence, really. I don't think it's got anything to do with the takeover. Um, might have a little bit more for you on that one tomorrow.
1: Brilliant stuff. Um, and that's it from the Everything is Black and White podcast today. Please remember to like and subscribe and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.